Praise the Lord and welcome to the latest version of Grace Church Live. We will celebrate our mothers today, but before we do that, we're going to worship our God because He is our blessing and He is our strength. He is our honor. We invite you wherever you are this morning just to stand, raise your hands, lift your hands, lift your voice, and worship the great God of heaven.
triumphant. You've won the battle. Victory is yours. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the, the psalmist said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And I think a lot of what we feel in terms of disconnect over these last couple of months is that there is, there is such a togetherness that's fundamental to worshiping God. It's, it's, it's meant to be done in community. It's meant for us to be together and worship him in one mind and one accord. And we're, we're not able to do that as we would like, and we feel that disconnect. But you know, the, the, the scripture also says, Jesus, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst of them. And so it really doesn't matter who all's together or how many together. If you have just a couple where you are in your house, maybe just two or three, a handful, that's enough to have a good worship service. And in addition, we are in a sense together, even though it's not physically on campus, we're together by virtual means and we're thankful for the technology that allows us to do that. So even though we're separated physically today, we can still magnify the Lord together. We can still worship Him together. So I'm going to give you an opportunity today as we begin this service to just obey the scripture and right where you are all together now, let's just magnify Him together and exalt His name in one mind and one accord. I believe that He inhabits the praises of His people. I believe He's right there with you. I know he's right here with us today in the sanctuary. Lord, we lift you up. We praise you. We exalt you. Your name is to be lifted. Lord, we set this day aside to worship you. We set this day aside to magnify you together. Whatever that looks like, whatever that may be, we're here to declare your sovereignty. We're here to declare your glory, oh God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You are so, we are so glad that you have joined us today. Welcome all of you, Grace Church family. Great to be with you today. Those that are joining us maybe from all over the United States and even all over the world, we're glad you've chosen to be a part of Grace Church today, part of our worship service. God bless you so much for being with us today. Thank you. We are honored that you have chosen to do that. I do want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there watching and joining today. We are thankful for you. We love you. Happy Mother's Day to all of you today. Hope you have a great day. Hope you get to be with family and get to celebrate the day that is set aside just for you, just in your honor. We love you very much. God bless all of the mothers out there today. Amen. Amen. And in, in keeping with Mother's Day, we always receive a Mother's Memorial offering on this day. So you're going to have a chance to give right here in this segment. You're going to see some instructions on your screen to give online or by text. You can even mail your gift to the church address there on the screen. And today the offering will be set aside for Mother's Memorial. And what that does is it supports North American missions and it also supports foreign missions for the United Pentecostal Church International. In other words, it's a way to help get the gospel out to those who need to hear it, those that need it most. So if you will remember that today while you're giving and support this amazing cause of missions, not only here at home, but all over the world, God will bless you for that. So as you're giving, we're gonna pray one more time and ask God to be with us today. Jesus, we thank you for your presence that we already feel. Thank you for the opportunity to gather, however that is, even virtually, Lord, to worship you. 
And we already feel the moving and the rumbling of your presence. And I know that before our time together is over today, you are going to do an amazing work in lives all across the land. And I'm believing that you're going to anoint and move and work like never before. Bless what is given today to the furtherance of the gospel in Jesus' name. Right where you are, would you just say in Jesus' name, amen. I want to just take a minute and remind you of what is coming up on the church calendar this coming week. Of course, first of all, remember our podcast. Those are available on the website and through podcast apps. That is content that our teachers are uploading weekly uh, for our various Sunday school classes and our, our Bible teachers, and you will be blessed by that if you have not already uh, tuned into that. And then Sunday school continues to meet through Zoom at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. That's our, our children uh, up to the age of 12. They're meeting on Sunday morning at 10, and then the junior high class is meeting in the afternoon via Zoom as well. So if you have not taken advantage of that, please do so. You will be blessed. Your family will be blessed. Your kids will be ministered to in a great way. And then this coming week, we have United Family Prayer on Monday night at 714, and we're asking you to pray with your family at home. But we're all going to carve out this time to pray together and ask God to heal our land and to move in this current crisis. And then Tuesday morning, morning prayer at 9 o'clock, right here in the sanctuary. We'll be practicing social distancing, and we're excited to have that coming back online. I want you to be a part of that if you can, Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. Wednesday night, Bible study will be at 7.30. That will be by live stream here again, as we've done over the last several weeks, a couple of months. We ask you to join us at 7.30. For Bible study. And then finally, all of our Grace Church family, if you're a member of Grace Church, you should have received an email this week from the church office regarding our future plans for church services and church schedule. If you did not receive that email, please contact the church office this week. And we'll make sure we get that out to you with our vision and our plan to move forward in the coming weeks with our church schedule. So be mindful of that as well. God bless you so much. Again, we're glad you're with us today. And we're going to give you an opportunity to worship the Lord. The praise team is coming back to lead us into the presence of God. I want you to focus in on worshiping Him, focus in on the presence of God, and let's see what God will do for us today. God bless you in Jesus' name.
you so much. There's such an amazing, amazing moving of God's presence here. And I hope all of you that's watching feel the same wherever you may be today. Thank the Lord. I do want to say one quick thing before we turn to the Word of God. Uh, For the past two Fridays, we had a handful of people come to Grace Church. Friday before last, they prepared pastelaya dinners for our community. This past Friday, they grilled up burgers for the community and all of the food was gone. Uh, There was nothing left over. And I want to shout out, send out a shout out of just tremendous gratitude and thanks for all the people that uh, participated in that to Lisa Ledoux for heading all of that up and family and friends that came to help make all that possible. Uh, A number of folks that came through the line expressed their gratitude and appreciation and uh, I still think Grace Church is the best church on the planet. That's just my opinion. We have some wonderful people here. They not only love the Lord, they not only love the church, but they love our community. And they want to be a blessing to our community. And I appreciate them so, so very much for making that happen. As Brother Dave said, if you should have, if you're a part of Grace Church, you should have gotten an email from the church, I believe Saturday. If you did not, please let us know. We want to make sure you get that correspondence from the church. I want to call your attention today to the Word of God in Genesis 42. And then I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 2. And probably when you hear this scripture reading, you'll say, I don't understand the connection, but uh, you will in just a few moments. I realize today's Mother's Day. I promise not to keep you more than an hour and a half. And uh, we want you to be able to participate in your Mother's Day festivities. Thank the Lord. Mom is somebody that should be celebrated, that's for sure. In Genesis chapter 42, beginning with verse 6, the Bible said, And Joseph was governor over the land, that is Egypt. And he was, and he, it was that soul to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came 
and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them. And Joseph remembered the dreams. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 16, referring to Moses, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Reuel, their father, he said, how is it that you are come so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, where is he? And why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. I want to preach to you for just a few moments this morning. I want to ask you a question. Do you still have a dream? Do you still have a dream? And everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. You may be seated. Thank you much for standing. I want to begin today by saying that running away solves nothing. Running away solves nothing. Winston Churchill, if you'll remember, he said... Never, 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 never give up. He said, you never win a war by evacuating. So I will say to you again that running away solves nothing. There's people here today watching uh, in your home, wherever you may be. You need to hear that statement that running away solves nothing. I submit to you today that living for God for a lot of people has been made hard by preachers and pastors, but I want you to notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. He said, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. I submit to you that it is not hard living for God if you live for God hard, if you want to be namby-pamby about it and look for excuses and shortcuts and loopholes, you're going to have a difficult time. You will never get the world completely out of your life and mind. You won't get the devil in a place where he needs to be in relationship to you. But if you live for God hard, then living for God is not hard. If you can understand the principle of discipleship, which is summed up in two words, it's submission 
and obedience. If you're willing to do that, then living for God is not hard. Let me tell you what I believe in just a short uh, few statements. What I believe living for God is, what I believe being saved is. To me, being saved is being forgiven. I get rid of that guilty conscience thing going off in my head at all random hours of the day and night. I have angels protecting me. I have God watching over me. I live under a perpetual blood covering. It is having God for me and not against me. It's having divine provision and divine sustenance. Living for God is the best. I said, living for God is the best. There are folks watching today that have given up and you're living in a place that I'm going to call life's worst place. That's the place where people have given up on God. You've forgiven up on any future with God. You've forgiven up. You've given up on being a part of the church, if you will, or being in the church. You've given up on your dreams. I know today in my heart and spirit that there's people watching that uh, used to serve God at some point in your life. You used to be on fire for God. You used to be very passionate about God. But you've ended up in a place and uh, again, I call it life's worst place to be. And that's the place where you've given up on your dreams and you've given up on your dreams because of delays and disappointments and failures and setbacks. You've been hurt and betrayed by those who should have loved you the most. Bitterness has set in and your faith in God has been shattered and you just can't seem to find it within yourself to make a comeback. There was a time when you were going to be the best prayer warrior. There was a time when you were determined to be the best soul winner, the best Bible study teacher, the best worshiper. You were going to be the most faithful. You wanted to be the biggest giver. You wanted to be the best singer. You wanted to be the best musician. But something happened. Disillusionment set in and you gave up. We all know the story of the Old Testament Joseph. God gave him a couple of dreams. His brothers even called him the dreamer. They said, here comes the dreamer. I believe he was a little unwise in sharing his dreams with his brothers, but it is what it is. His brothers ultimately betrayed him. They lied about an animal killing him. And when that happened, I want you to notice that his dreams were never mentioned again until we read our text today. Many years forward, he's had his relationship with Potiphar. He's been thrown in jail. He's been uh, betrayed by the butler and the baker. He just cannot seem to ever find his way out. And his dreams are never mentioned during that time. I submit to you that as he remained faithful to God the best that he thought he could, I have it in my heart today that he said his dreams, those God-given dreams, those, that prophetical statement that God 
put in his life, that put in his mind. Joseph set all of that aside and his dreams, notice today and listen to pastor, his dreams were not brought to mind again until those who the dream applied to stepped back into his life after deep, dark, cruel betrayal when his brothers showed up again many years later and literally fulfilled uh, those dreams in front of Joseph. The Bible said, then Joseph remembered his dreams. It's interesting to me that the ones that brought his dreams to remembrance were the same ones who caused them to die. I want somebody to listen to Pastor right now. Let me tell everybody something. Let me stop and say here in passing. If you're petting your dog right now and sipping coffee, just set that aside for a minute. God has a unique way of talking to ministry, dealing with ministry. And I'm going to be very honest and I'm going to be very transparent. I haven't felt all that much inspiration to continue to preach cotton candy and whatnot. When this first started, we tried to preach some encouragement, which I felt like it was the will of God to do. But over the past several Sundays, even including last Sunday when Brother Dave preached, we're casting a net. We're casting a net to reel in some people. And I know today in my heart there's people that I've just described in my sermon that used to be faithful churchgoers, but something showed up in your life, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But God knows what he's doing. And I want to submit to you today, whether we want to believe it or not, or even like it or not, there's things going on in our country right now, if you're paying attention to the news, that's literally setting the stage for the mark of the beast. I'm hearing more about tracing and tracking and and all of that kind of thing than I've ever heard in my life in this country. And I believe we're now on the rapture, so I feel it incumbent upon me, and I'm sure other pastors and preachers feel it as well. We need to get as many people back in church as we possibly can. And there's no question about that. There's no doubt about that. And it doesn't really matter to me at this point that I'm staring at a camera. I know where these words are going. I know that God... God is guiding these words. God's inspiring these words. And there's somebody right now that needs to think long and hard about what you're hearing. But God is using pulpits across this country right now to reach those that once had a dream. So I want to ask you again. It might have been five years ago. It might have been for some 50 years ago or even more. There's something still inherent on the inside that God wants to fulfill in your life but you were betrayed by church brethren somewhere, but God is bringing those same church brethren back into your life to shake you up and to wake you up and to have you understand that dream is still alive. Oh, my. So, again, there's people watching today that You were going to be the best Christian you could be. You were going to be the best person Jesus ever had in his kingdom. You were going to make Jesus proud that he went to Calvary. But life showed up. Heartbreak showed up. Disappointment showed up. Your marriage hasn't gone like you planned. Your kids didn't turn out like you had hoped. The job became 
Something less than what you expected. Maybe it's been physical problems. Maybe it's even been mental or emotional issues or even addictions. But nonetheless, your hopes have been dashed and you put your dreams on hold. Or even more, you gave up on your dreams. I'll have you understand today with everything in me. Don't blame the devil for stealing your dreams. Even circumstances didn't steal your dreams. What happened is your life showed up and you gave up. You just simply said, I'm not serving God anymore. I'm not going back to church anymore, but I'm here to serve. Notice on you today, my friend, God has not forgotten your dream and neither will he let you forget those dreams. They go to bed with you every night. They wake up with you every morning. God wants a relationship with you. He wants you back and he'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. There's somebody watching right now. Your heart is begging you to get right. But your hurt and rejection won't allow you to do it. No matter how bad you feel, you've been mistreated or rejected. You may feel despondent. No matter what's going on in your life right now, the devil didn't steal steal your dream. You just gave up and quit. Again, Joseph had a dream, but I'll have you notice, he never remembered his dreams until the very moment they came to pass and was fulfilled. The Holy Ghost can take care of sin. The Holy Ghost can take care of hurt, and you giving up on your dream is not what God wants you to do. I know a lot of people today that'd rather make excuses than make a difference. But I believe God is calling some people back right now. He's wooing you back to his side. He's wanting you back under that divine, that, that divine umbrella of blood covering and restoration and God healing you and healing your spirit and your attitude and what have you. I'm preaching to someone today that it's time to remember your dream, to think about you, you and your desire that you once had for living for God. And oh no, 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 Joseph, it's not too late. It don't matter what happened in Potiphar's house when you was falsely accused by his wife. And it don't matter what happened with a butler and baker who promised you they wouldn't forget about you. And as soon as they were restored to Pharaoh, they're going to tell Pharaoh about you. And some two years passed and, and they forgot about you and all that. None of that, none of that, none of that has anything to do with God bringing your dream to pass or not. What needs to happen is you take a step towards Jesus one more time. You take a step towards God one more time. You reach your hand heavenward and say, God, I know it's still in there. It's still buried deep in there, and I want it back. I want that relationship back. I want to feel that hope back. I want to feel that comfort again. I want to feel that promise pulsating through my life again. It's never too late. I don't care how many years has passed. Ask Joseph. It don't matter how many years passed. His dreams still came to pass exactly like God said they would. Now let's move on to the other man that I read to you about a few moments ago in Exodus. His name is Moses. Everybody knows Moses. When you read in Exodus chapter 2, Moses had a burden for God's people. It didn't matter that he was raised an Egyptian. God was calling him to deliver Israel. 
You know the story. He killed an Egyptian, got scared, and ran away. Remember? Running away doesn't solve anything. He got married, settled down, and the Bible said he became content. This is what happened in Exodus chapter 2. He was content with being a shepherd, but God didn't give up. His people still needed to be delivered from Egypt. So God got a little more serious with Moses. Yes, he did. In the Bible, it is one chapter later, but in time, it's 40 years later. When you go from Exodus chapter 2 to Exodus chapter 3, 40 years, 40 years has passed. God put a burning bush close to Moses' path. He didn't put it in his path. He put it close to his path. He put it in a place that was strategic. It didn't block Moses' path, so God wasn't making him do anything. But he put it in a place where Moses could see it. I submit to you today that the circumstance we're in right now It may not be directly in our path because there's so many of us that are still operating very similar to the way we were two months ago. But he's put it close enough that you can't miss it. I don't know of a single person on this planet that hadn't heard about coronavirus. It's everywhere and everybody's heard of it. And it may not be in your path, but it's close enough to be a distraction. God spoke to Moses when Moses saw a bush that was burning. Again, it was close to his normal daily routine and it caught Moses' eye and he said, I'm going to turn away and see this great sight. It was a bush that was on fire but not being consumed. I know today that God is using the situation we're in right now to get your attention. God has had my attention for many, many, many years. There's other people that are watching. There's a handful of people here today. God is using this to get our attention, but he's had our attention. He's trying to get yours. But The problem God's having is real similar to the problem he's having with with Moses in Exodus 3 and 4. The Bible said that Moses has become content. He's got his wife and some kids. And he really got his wife pretty easy. All he did was watered her flocks and dad said, that's a good man right there. You need to marry him. Not much of a litmus test as far as I'm concerned. No background checks. No criminal record looked up or not. He just watered her flock and hey, that's a good man right there. You need to marry him. And he did. He became content. But God wasn't through. And there's people under the sound of my voice right now that for many years you've become very, very content in your lack of spirituality. And you're not giving God the attention that he wants. He's talking to you right now. He's been talking to you for a while. You know who you are. He's been talking to you for a while. You've you've been going through your daily routine and not really realizing that 
For the past number of years, you've been living in life's worst place when you thought it was life's best place. It's not. It's really not. So you go on with your daily routine. But now your daily routine has been interrupted. You've been distracted by fear and anxiety. For some of you, probably more anxiety than fear because tomorrow don't look quite as promising as it did just a couple of months ago. It's, it's, it's amazing that uh, crazy things are happening to money right now and crazy things are happening to oil right now. And, and now we're hearing about a, a food shortage and there's not going to be enough beef and we're looking potentially another depression in the eye. Some, what, 15 million people are unemployed and it's growing every day. The, the food shortage and the, the oil glut is, is back in the news. What's happening, Pastor? What do you think's going on, preacher? I'm going to tell you what I think's happening. I believe God is wrapping it up. And we're facing rapture in the eye closer than we've ever been. I say that in the Holy Ghost right now. And God has sent you a massive distraction, one that you can't ignore. And once when you continue to try to function in your daily routine, you just can't get that bush out of your eyesight. It just won't go away. The bush would not be consumed. It could have sat there for another 40 years as far as God was concerned. And God is using it. A distraction in your life right now, not to threaten you, not to try to coerce you, but to simply say, I love you, and I want re- I want you back in a relationship with me, and I want you to help deliver my people from sin. Moses became content, and God went to the extreme to get his attention. As a matter of fact, as far as we know, that miracle never happened again. Moses was the only one that got to experience that by himself. And I believe God is doing some things in your life right now. We've settled for less. We've become content. And we've put our dreams into retirement. It's interesting to me. Retirement means a place of seclusion. Retirement means a place of privacy a place to which one withdraws or retreats. Retirement is a place of private abode, and that's where so many of you are living right now. You've taken all of your aspirations that you once had for the kingdom, and you've taken them to a place of seclusion, to a place where you have withdrawn. You've distanced yourself from God, from His kingdom, and from His church. You've experienced a similar thing, kind of like the disciples on the Emmaus Road. When Jesus started walking beside them, they said, We thought he would redeem us. Now he's dead. And they were leaving, they were walking away. If Churchill had been there, he would have stopped them before Jesus got there. And in his little short, pudgy, rotund stature with a cigar hanging out the side of his mouth and his English brogue, he would have said, never, 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 never give up. In conclusion today, 
I want to present to you a scenario that's as much of a God thing that I've ever have had under have had the understanding for in a long time. We all know that when Jesus died, Peter had denied him three times. Peter locked himself up with a fellow disciples. Jesus appeared to him and all of that. But Peter said, I'm going fishing. Why did he say that? I believe there's two or three reasons that he said that. The first reason is probably what you're expecting. It's probably kind of like what you've done. He said, I'm going fishing because he thought his dream ever coming to pass now was hopeless. Being a disciple of Jesus was apparently a huge waste of time. No doubt he felt some betrayal himself. He felt some deception himself. Maybe Peter even had had felt a little misled. Beside that, no doubt he is still reeling in self-condemnation over betraying Jesus. But when he said, I'm going fishing, is it possible that Peter wasn't walking away saying, I'm going fishing because he didn't believe in Jesus anymore? Could it be that he was going back to that place where Jesus found him first? So if I can't find him where I am now, I'm going to go back to that place where I found him first. Think about that. What a brilliant move. Peter was cleaning his fishing nets three and a half years earlier. And this stranger, this Nazarene showed up and said, follow me, Simon, and I'll make you fishers of men. I believe somehow Peter knew his dreams were dying. All of these feelings of doubt and condemnation were beginning to envelop him. Could it be that Peter said, I can't find him from here. So I'm going back to the place where I found him first. Maybe reason number three. I like this one too, almost even better. Could it be that Peter was going back to his boat and I'm going to row back out into the sea and just maybe he'll come walking to me again on the water. Oh, Jesus, if I can't find you from where I am now, and if I go back to my nets and you're not there either, perhaps you've created this massive, stormy, turbulent sea. And if I can somehow row back out to that spot, I'll see you coming to me again on the water I submit to somebody today in the Holy Ghost 
in this time of tumult, in this time of crises that we're in. You may not even be thinking about going back to your nets to find him. There's been times you can rehearse in your mind when you had that death in your household, when you had that time of crises, when you were on the brink of divorce, when your kids were rebelling, whatever it is that was going on in your life and you thought you were going down for the last time, you lifted up your eyes and somewhere out there on the horizon, there was a Jesus coming towards you, walking on your storm, walking in your turbulence, walking in your fear, walking on your anxiety, telling you to hang on a minute, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And he's telling somebody right now, if you'll extend your hand up to him, heavenward, right where you are, right where you are, he's there again to bid you come. understand that it was persecution and protest and conflict and resistance and even bloodshed that kept his dream alive I don't believe he lived to see the, the total fulfillment of what he was dreaming I'm not sure it should come to pass even yet but he never gave up no matter how people rioted no matter how many rocks that was thrown at him he was ultimately assassinated. But I'm here to tell you today, it was the conflict, the persecution that kept his dream alive. And I believe God has allowed our country to be inflicted with just horrible, horrible news and despair everywhere. But he's wanting to do it so somebody would let God resurrect your dream. Defeats and disappointments, disillusionment, personal failure, all of these things cause us to give up on our dream. Your worship, your giving, your faithfulness tells you if your dreams are alive or not. I came to pastor this church almost 27 years ago and I came with a dream. I was immediately confronted with a $100,000 lawsuit and I didn't have two nickels to rub together. The brutal mur murder and slaying of the previous pastor. The finances were horrible. The people's confidence was shattered. Their faith was almost about gone. But none of that killed my dream. People leaving didn't kill my dream. Betrayal by my brethren didn't do it either. The fact that the church building itself was in horrible shape did not stop my dream. 
Yes, there were scary times, shaky times, uncertain times. But here we are, still fighting, still growing, still dreaming, still persevering. I refuse, I refuse for anything to take away my dreams and desire for the kingdom of God. And as far as I can tell you right now, from everybody I've heard of at Grace Church, they're still out there loving God, worshiping God, living for God. Why? Because I never have refused to give up on my dream that God made. So all across our city and our nation and even our world, wherever you're watching, going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and do some soul searching right now. I believe God wants to restore somebody right now. I believe God wants to beckon somebody back to bring you back under that amazing umbrella of divine protection and sustenance. I believe God wants to do some amazing things right now. Everybody pray together. Sunday, Brother Dave preached and there was an amazing divine intervention of the Holy Ghost. Yes, there was. I'm going to ask you if you're watching today to please listen. Please listen. At the end of his sermon, he drastically switched gears and he said, I want to tell somebody how to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's interesting to me, he said, I'm going to take two minutes. And as he began that presentation, the video cut off. We've heard from dozens of people, the video cut off. And then it cut right back on when he was done. It's a very frustrating moment for Brother Dave. But we're not done yet. We've planned this. We talked about it for the past couple of days. I've done my best to create an environment where the Holy Ghost can fall. I'm going to ask him to come back. We've never done this before. But I'm going to ask him to come back and make that presentation again. And I want everybody watching to open your heart right now. You open your heart right now. God is moving. God's working. God's planned this. And it ain't over with yet. If you feel the Holy Ghost rumbling all over your body right now, open your heart. Open your mind right now. It's Brother standing I want you to just begin to worship God in, in your heart and in your spirit begin to create a, 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 an atmosphere where God can move and even in the live audience today we have just a few people here but there are those I believe that want to seek for the Holy Ghost this is your moment this is your opportunity I want you to begin to, to, to put your mind and your heart and your faith in Jesus right now and if you're ready to receive the Holy Ghost I'm going to give you just a very two minutes or less quick Bible study on how to receive the Holy Ghost and what it's all about. And then I'm going to pray with you. And I believe that right where you are, I believe right where you are, that God is going to pour out the Holy Ghost in your life and in your home. And we're going to hear reports back that you were filled with the Holy Ghost today. If you're listening and watching and you've had the Holy Ghost before and you want God to refill you, you want to feel it again, you want to be refilled, this is your moment. Get ready. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
they were all in one place and in one accord. That means they were unified. They were seeking God for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we're doing right now. We're unified in purpose. We're unified in spirit for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost fell, the Bible says it came through like a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And the outward sign was that they all began to speak with other tongues. That is the sign all throughout the book of Acts. When folks were filled with the Holy Ghost, they began to speak with tongues as the evidence of the infilling of the Spirit of God. When that poured out into the streets and they began to hear it throughout the city, the folks in the public began to ask, what does this mean and how do we receive this same gift of the Holy Ghost? God empowered Simon Peter to stand up and to preach the first apostolic message. And he answered the question when they said, how do we receive the Holy Ghost? He said, all you have to do is repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm so thankful that he didn't stop there. He said, this shall be for you and your children and for all of those afar off as many as the Lord our God shall call. He settled the question. It's not just for the Jews. It's not just for the Gentiles. It's not just for this period of time. It's forevermore going forward. God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost. So all you have to do today as we pray, we say, God, I want you to forgive me of all of my sins. I repent of living a life away from you. And then we're going to ask him, say, God, I just want you to fill me with your spirit. It's just that easy. And then after we do that, we're going to begin to worship him. We're going to begin to praise him. We're going to begin to say the name of Jesus. And at that moment, the Holy Ghost is going to fall and you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? We're going to pray together now. Lift your hands, lift your voice. Jesus, right now, God, I repent before you standing in the presence of God. Any mindset I've had, any attitude I've had, anything I've done that was unpleasing to you, I repent of it right now. And I ask that you would forgive me. I ask that you would cleanse me of all of my sin. And Lord, right now, I come back to you. I give you the rest of my life. I give you all of my energy. I give you all of my spirit. I give you mind, body, heart, and soul. And I'm asking you right now, Jesus, to fill me with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Now let's worship Him. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Right now, everybody that's watching, everybody that's tuned in on live stream, everybody that's watching on Facebook Live, I pray in the name of Jesus that you receive the Holy Ghost. I pray you receive a refilling of the Holy Ghost. I pray that when you're done right now, you will have spoken with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Come on, the Holy Ghost is falling in the sanctuary right now. There's people speaking in tongues, and the same is happening for you right now. Come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, right where you are, if you have the Holy Ghost, I want you to lay hands. 
Holy Ghost, fall 